So we need to talk about evangelism. A lot of people, they look at my life, they look at who I am and they, and they, they like, Oh, Peter, you're an evangelist. You know, you, you pray for people and you do all kinds of stuff like that. And I just, when I hear that, I'm just like, Oh man, man, you're, you're missing the whole point. If you're calling me an evangelist, because most people say that from a heart of you're an evangelist. I'm not, you do your thing. I do my thing. And we've missed the entire point of the Great Commission and the Great Commission becomes the Great Omission where we lay it on the shoulders of our pastor or ministries. We give a lot of money away to make ourselves feel better of our lack of evangelizing because brother and sister, you need to understand that evangelism, evangelism doesn't mean you go to Mozambique or you go to China, or you go to some other country overseas and that's your job. Evangelism is what you're supposed to do 24 seven of your life. And if you're not walking like that, you have failed the greatest instruction given by Yeshua Jesus right before ascending into heaven. This commission is to go out and preach the gospel to all creation, baptizing them in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That means that if you are a Christian, you need to be baptizing people. It means that if you're a Christian, you need to be casting out demons. It means that you need to be healing the sick. It means, to be, you, need, it means you need to be preaching the gospel. And if you are not doing those things, you have you failed and missed the entire great commission that God has given us. You see that thing that the Catholic Church started teaching us a couple of hundred years ago that it's just for the priest there and it's just for him and no one else is allowed to baptize, stuff like that. That's absolutely demonic. It's not in the word of God at all. God has actually sent his disciples to make disciples to make disciples and all of them have been commissioned to baptize. And that means that if you call yourself a disciple of Yeshua like I am, you need to be walking that out too. And if you're not walking that out, it's okay. It might just be because of a lack of knowledge or you don't know how, but it, it needs to start happening in your heart where you're like, Father, I need to do this, God. I need you need to teach me, Father. And see, that's where it began for me. And I, I start praying that prayer and the Father started giving, teaching me that, you know, but now I want to share with you guys a little bit on how we are to walk this thing out in terms of family, in terms of friends, in terms of our workplaces and, and all that, because of a lot of us, because we, you know, we have this passion for God and, and you know, maybe you're realizing you need to start walking this out and all that. But then a lot of times we approach this entire thing with the wrong heart. Whenever you approach someone, let's say you're sitting next to an atheist in your workplace or or whatever the case is, or someone who's a lukewarm Christian, you know, a lot of times our heart is, you know, I need to just tell this person to repent. I need to tell him to get his life in order and then he's going to listen. That's how it goes. But that's not how easy it always is. We need to really ask the question before we even start talking or ministering to anyone. We need to ask the question, am I willing to die for this person? Am I willing to really die for this person? Because brothers and sisters, I want to tell you that a lot of times um, I want to say most of our evangelism, most of our witnessing to others oftentimes is, you know, very generally speaking, comes out of a heart with the wrong intent. The intent of I'm wrong and I'm right and you're wrong. Therefore, you need to believe what I believe so that you can be on the same page as me. Instead of brother, I'm going to I'm willing I'm going to die for you. I'm willing to lay my life down for you because I want you to see the truth that much. And see the, the difference is subtle, but it's very important to understand because when we when we go approach people from the wrong heart and mindset out of a out of a prideful place at all, any kind of prideful place of I'm wrong, I'm right and you're wrong. The, the people, the guy on the other end, 
he's going to pick it up like that. And he's just going to be like, leave me alone. Get away from me. You know, um, a lot of times that is the biggest issue when it comes to families as well, where if, if we've uh, between parents and children, for example, if the children start veering off path, what we do is we condemn them and we tell them you're going to go to hell if you don't repent. And, and we go on like that. And we actually start start pushing them away. Because what we are doing is we're treating them in the same identity that Satan sold them. We're treating them in the same identity that Satan sold them. In other words, the enemy in the garden sold Adam and Eve a counterfeit identity of saying, I will make you like God. In fact, but that identity wasn't like God at all. It was something totally in opposition to what God is. It was a lie. And so people who are in sin and who are living at enmity against God, they live in that counterfeit identity and rebellion towards God. They've got the serpent's seed in them, basically. And they're living out of that fallen nature. But now what we do then is we, we see that with our flesh, we see that fallen nature that they're walking in so greatly and we treat them in the same nature. We, we look at them and we say, see, oh, you're wretched, you're pitiful, you're, you know, you're poor, you're, um, you, you, you sleep with everyone, you do whatever you do. And we look at them through that sin mindset. We look at them through the sins that they've been committed and we classify them by that and we treat them by that. And so when we look at the life of Yeshua, it's very interesting because the way that he approached unbelievers is is very, very weird, actually, you know, from our flesh perspective, the world's perspective. I mean, he went to the unbeliever, you know, the homosexual, the the, 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 the adulterer, the drug addict, the whatever, the sorcerer, the, those in witchcraft. He went to them and he went to spread his table for them and he went to dine with them. And he, he just hung out with them, not fellowshipping with them. There's a difference between fellowshipping and hanging out with people. He, hang, he was there with the one, number one and primary and only intent of shedding the showing them the light of God being a light to them showing them love showing them acceptance and most of all and this is the key guys treating them the way that God sees them you see we cannot expect people to repent or people to come to God if we're treating them the way that Satan the, and the identity that Satan declares over them instead of the identity that God is declaring over them that this means practically that if someone is is spitting in my face, I turn the other cheek because I'm then treating them in the identity that God has given them. If 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 someone spits my face and I spit back, what I'm doing actually is I'm basically treating them as I would treat um, Satan. I would treat them as I would treat the enemy of God. But we fail to understand that these people who are in their sinful and fallen nature, they are children of God. They are created in His likeness. He did make them. And even though they're not in Yeshua or they don't believe in Jesus, it doesn't nullify the fact that we should treat them from that identity of what God, how God sees them. That means that there's, there's freedom. That means that there's, there's a place of when someone lifts their voice up against me, I'm going to respond in kindness. It means that if someone takes from me, I'm going to give them more. It means that if, if someone despises me, I'm going to love on them. 
I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to sacrifice for them. I'm going to lay my life down for them. I am going to wash their feet even while they're spitting in my face. And that's not an easy one for a lot of people to grasp. We have a lot of wives who've got husbands who are not with God, or we've got a lot of husbands whose wives are not with God. And the unbelieving partner is not treating the believing partner in the right way. But what ends up happening is the believing partner starts treating the unbelieving partner as someone who is an unbelief, as someone who is at enmity with God, as someone who hates God. Instead of treating them as someone who's been created in the likeness of God and who God loves to see come to repentance. You see, a lot of times we don't treat our children right way either. We, we treat all these people, all these atheists, all these unbelievers as the, in the same way that Yeshua treated the Pharisees. You see, there's a big difference in how Yeshua treated the Pharisees and how he treated the unbeliever. When he, he went to the unbeliever, he went into love and kindness with them. Incredible love and kindness. He showed them love, grace and all that. And then he did tell them the truth that they need to repent. But that's only after they saw the kindness of God. He didn't just walk up to people and say, repent, repent, repent. He first showed them the kindness by either praying for them, seeing the miraculous healings. He, he, he um, gave them words of knowledge. He did all kinds of stuff. He showed them Um, He laid his life down for them. Whatever he had to do to show them kindness, he spoke to people who he was not even supposed to speak to, like the Samaritan woman. And after showing that kindness and love and and kind of shocking people, shocking the sinner, because the sinner was, was expecting Yeshua, this man of valor, this rabbi, this honored man, to treat them as dirt. But instead, Yeshua treated them as gold. And when he treated them as gold... They started seeing who they were. They started seeing their value. They started seeing because God died for them, there has to be something of value in in their life. There has to be a deeper calling on their life. And when they realized that, then they asked him, Yeshua, Jesus, what is this hope that is within you? What is this thing you carry? And they started following him. And see, so how Yeshua treated the Pharisees, which was quite different, he treated them in a more harsh manner because they already had the knowledge of the truth. They already had the Torah. They already had all that. And Yeshua knew that they did. And so the way he treated them, he didn't have as much compassion for them because their heart's intent was wicked. And, you know, the the, the key is here is that they weren't in, in total ignorance of the truth. The intent of our heart and what our heart looks like and what our heart presents is dependent on what truth it's being fed. So you can feed a heart of a man truth. You can feed him uh, the Torah. You can feed him the, the scriptures. You can feed him Yeshua. But and that's you can have two hearts feed them with Yeshua. But the way that these two hearts react is going to be different. One is going to react and he's going to see the kindness, the love, the grace and all that. He's going to be like, I want this. Well, the other heart is going to have the exact same amount of truth and love and all this come here. But his, it's going to, this heart is going to stay hard. This heart's intent is going to be wicked towards the truth. The heart, this heart's intent is going to be self-seeking, prideful. Instead of this heart that, that when this truth, the truth hit this heart, immediately this heart released and, um, and uh, died to itself, didn't have pride and all that. And so, but the, the key is, is that both these hearts had to have revelation of truth and the spirit first. The spirit where there is kindness, there's love, there's incredible sacrifice that's given, that's given towards this heart 
from Yeshua, but and then also the truth that comes after the Spirit and the kindness is given, where Yeshua tells him, now that you've been healed, go and sin no more, so that nothing worse may happen to you. Go and repent, go and turn from your wicked ways. And he instructed them in righteousness. And so guys, that is so important. We cannot expect people to want what we have if we don't walk in the Spirit and love on them. You cannot go and hammer the Torah into people, hammer the whatever, the truth into people and, and expect them to just want it if you just hammer it onto them. You need to go and do something for them. You need to actually go and die for those people. You know, if you've got pride in your heart, if you've got an evil intent in your heart, people, you're going to be a hypocrite and you're going to actually draw, draw people away from the, the truth instead of drawing them to it. And so you need to really, we need to, if you're not dying to yourself. If you're not willing to look at someone and say, I'm going to die for this guy. I'm going to die for this woman. I'll die for this son and daughter. I'm going to lay myself down and I'm going to, oh, I'm willing to give everything up for them. I'm going to, if you're not in that place, man, keep your mouth shut and don't open your mouth towards them even, even while proclaiming the gospel because you're not qualified them. You're not ready them. You, if your heart is not the heart that Yeshua had towards you when he was hanging on the cross, then you've got no right to open your mouth towards them because all that will come out is is the opposite and that's pride self-seeking things and even if you sprinkle it with the truth it's going to be a, a message of hypocrisy that no one will have and this is why we're sitting with so many atheists is because we've got a lot of self-professing christians without the love of god who are trying to proclaim the gospel without the heart of god and so you need to have that heart and if you've got an appearance of religiousness and oh look how holy I am you try and proclaim that holiness to others without bearing the actual good fruit of love then you're missing the whole point and you will actually be judged by that you see brother and sister we were once judged by the Torah written on stone but today I'm proclaiming to you that we will be judged by the Torah written on your heart you will be you will be judged by what is in your heart you will one day stand in front of him and he will you will let your heart will be the very thing that that, that uh, testifies against you was your heart's intent well and good or was it evil for if it for if your heart's intent is evil it will never bear the good fruit that it's supposed to carry Right, guys, I hope that just encourages you and blesses you to, to walk this thing out in love, man. You need, we need to really audit our heart every single time for if every single thing, thought, action that goes in and through us. We need to ask the question, what is my heart's intent here? Is it to exalt myself or show someone how I'm better to them? Or is it to uplift someone else and make myself die to myself? Right, guys, and may God bless you and keep. I hope this encouraged you and blessed you. Have an amazing day. And I, and I pray that God uses you as a light mightily in this week to just reach the atheist, reach the guy who's lost and, 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 and look at them with the love of God, with a patience that surpasses all understanding so that they may see the kindness of God, see your fruit and come to the knowledge of the truth. Have an amazing day.